Hey gang, this is Andy Zook, and you're listening to Bad at Parties, one-on-one conversations with artists at the corner of the party. Brandon Conrad is on the show this week from Salem, Oregon. Singer, songwriter, guitarist, Brandon is, of course, a talented musician, but what I really love is the way that Brandon thinks about things. This is one of those rare, intentional people that seldom does anything without a thought or a reason, so I was really glad when he let me know that he'd be in town and wanted to be on Bad at Parties. Now, you can find Brandon's music online, I'll have a link to that, so check that out after the show, and take a moment to follow Bad at Parties and subscribe to the show so you never miss an artist like the one you're about to hear right now. Brandon! I'm a really, oh, really okay. loud person. I'm uh, probably closer to the quiet side, so that might be good. That's great. Um, and my cat yes. is really loud, so she'll get in there. It'll be just fine. But this is why I want to get a space, so that that way so, yeah. it's more controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked because you sent me the music pieces. Yes. You sent me, like, these are my band uh-huh. camp things. These are the stuff I'm working on. I looked at that stuff, but I, like, took a very active stance on not, like, digging through your Facebook stuff and seeing, like, what's Brandon been up to? Because we've been out of touch and I don't know what's going on. Uh And so I actively am like, I don't know where you're living right now. I don't know what you're doing for work. I don't know what you've been up to for, like, the last year. I feel similar about you. Generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know where you live. I have no idea where you're at right now. Um, I'm in Salem. Are we going? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Sweet. This is the podcast. Here we are. Um, yes, I'm living in Salem, Mm -hmm. uh... Still, I've been there since we met, mm-hmm. uh, and then I would like sort of move for each summer. But Salem was always my home base. Yeah, um, yeah. nice. Were you born in Salem? I was born in Salem. You were born in Salem. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then I think you're working at a coffee shop. That's mm-hmm. my guess. Nice. I, I still work at the coffee shop Broadway. Uh, next month will be three years of me working there, which is sort of weird, but sort of cool too. Yeah. That's so bizarre. I, cause I have like this image. So, okay, wait. So you work at Broadway yeah. and then you work at another place. Yeah. Yeah. I do uh, music at a church. Oh, nice. That's great. I'm, I'm the uh, worship leader there. Oh yeah. That's so tight. Uh-huh. I had no idea. So it's funny because in my mind, like on my way here, mm-hmm. I got on the light rail in Seattle to like ride downtown and catch my bus over to my house. And I ran into Hillary. On my way here. She was Hillbags. Like, yep, I ran into Hillbags. <laughs> and I ran into her, like, earlier this month at, like, an Abbey event. And yes. she was there. And it's just, like, one of those people who's, like, connected to musicians. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I'm going to go do a podcast with Brandon right That's now. That's hilarious. She says hi. Please tell me. Yeah, I was going to say, please tell me you told her that this was happening. Yeah, I told her. You saw her. And she was like, Andy. I was about to get on the train. And she's like, oh, yeah, say hi for me. And then I got on. And then was gone. <laughs> but it's crazy because, like, both of you guys... I don't know. Maybe there'll just always be people in my mind who are like this, where when I think of you guys, I'm like, these are young people who are figuring out life, who are like mm-hmm. doing all these different things. And then I see you, I'm like, no, these are adults. Humans. Yeah. These are adult humans well, with like real responsibilities. And maybe we were younger when we met we too. Were. Yeah. I mean, we get, this is, absolutely That's were true younger. for every single person I know. <laughs> you can say that moment by moment. Yeah. Um, but definitely a lot of adulting has happened. A lot of growing up. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how I, old. I just had my birthday. Uh, on September 8th. 8th. Um, and do you want to guess? Or I, should I, I don't say? know why. Should I have certain I... people's birthdays in my phone, and you're in there. Why? I don't know. I think we, we must have talked about it at some point. So, like, I'll see people's things. I'm not like a, I'm going to text you no, and no, no, call no. you. But if I see people, it's just, I just knew it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, it's Brandon's birthday. Yep. Do mm-hmm. that. That's... That's my birthday. That's your birthday. How old did you turn? You're 25. So close. Four. I'm 24. You're 24. Just 24. Okay. So I think we met in like 2011 then. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you would, would have been 17? 19? That's math. Yeah. 19? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to trust you. Uh, so it's 16 now if we minus five years. 19 would be it. Yeah. So that's like, that's the weird thing is I, when I knew you, when I met mm-hmm. you, adult human, drinking, no. Ish. Yeah, yeah. But like, I can go fight in a well, war and die if I need yeah, to. Yeah. 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 Um, yes. And I was actually just talking today with one of my friends about how like doing something like uh, taking this vacation that I'm taking mm-hmm. is like so healthy for me. 
And I'm just now figuring that out at 24 mm. when like some people figure that out at 19 or whatever. Mm. Like the, the uh, like idea of like, and I, and I feel like you're always sort of growing up as you get older and you're never sort of going to like reach that point where you get there. Sure. Um, but yeah, like, and, it, and it, I mean, it's kind of like that idea of, I imagine that this age I will be this or it will feel like mm-hmm. this. And you get to that and you're like, Oh, it's, it's not bad at all. Yeah. It's completely different. And I can't think of a single age in my life where I've gotten to it and I've been like, oh, this is what I thought it would be. Right. Or like, and I think that translates to music stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, success looks like this. Once I hit this thing or I accomplish this type of a show or performance or putting out music in this way, I will know what that feels like. And you get there and you're like, well, this feels the fucking same. Uh (laughs) Oh, I swear a lot on the podcast. Oh, that's great. I suddenly Um, got self-conscious. Why? Because you work at a church? I hate that. That's I'm why I don't sorry. like to let people know. Because I want to be a real person with people. Okay. I can say fuck. Oh, look. Okay, tight. Well, I, I really believe that, like, in the podcast, it's my job to swear as quickly as possible in this. You it's need to like pave wearing, the way. Yeah, it's like wearing yeah. your shoes into your house so that that way people know you're supposed to wear your shoes in the house. I'm wearing my shoes Checking for shoes. Got them both on. Good. Um, yes. Um... And yeah, just speaking about sort of like growing into like your age, like there's, I feel like when that happens too, you are always older than you think you're going to be when, when you should, should have, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, figured out what you wanted to figure out. Right. It's this funny idea of expectations that we have on ourselves, or this concept of like, oh, I've seen these models Mm -hmm. in my life. And I'm sure like, I don't know, I feel like I have strong role models or, or like, I have, like, strong parental figures and, like, older siblings, and so they kind of, I'm like, oh, at that point, I should be like this, and I can remember that all my life, and I've had music, musicians I've looked up to, or people who are at work that I've looked up to, mm. um, and so I can imagine that if you're coming from a background where you don't have strong role models, that, like, maybe you're kind of the big fish in a small pond, that that feeling might be different, that you might be, like wow, I'm doing this and I'm only this age. I don't know mm-hmm. if it I might be different. It might be like the reverse experience. Yeah. It's And then it's also, I feel a little bit like wrong to compare to because like how, how fair is it to be like, well, like I maybe had to learn this lesson when I was this age. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas some people like blissfully don't have to like become that kind of adult yet. Sure. And that's sort of okay. Mm-hmm. No, I think that is okay. Yeah, I mean... Um, it's kind of like, it's like pain, you know? Everybody's pain is unique enough to themselves. Mm-hmm. And everyone's experience in, like, what it is to mature is unique to themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that that's that feeling of, like, how do you handle that white privilege, that white male privilege of just kind of being like, sure, maybe I had to learn this at this age, but maybe somebody had to learn this a decade yes. ago, you know? It, yes. I, there's definitely another side to that coin. Oh, my goodness. That's a whole, a whole another thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's definitely like something where I'm like, wow, Brandon's like this much more mature adult person. Well, mature. Well, I say mature with shrugged shoulders and, <laughs> and finger quotes. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, yeah, what is mature? Maybe in like aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mature is taking a trip up to Seattle by yourself because you're mm-hmm. like, this would be a healthy choice in my life mm-hmm. at this time. Recognizing like, I need space, I think that's a very mm-hmm. mature thing to, to look at what's demanded of you and saying, yeah. like, I know how to get what I need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the purpose and, of this that you're feeling uh, is coming out of it for you? I mean, is I'm finding out as I'm growing up that I'm a lot more introverted than I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's just taking a, a toll on me, just like the not having enough time to recharge, not having enough, like, brand in time, but also um, just... I. I overcommit to things, and that's super easy to be like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to be involved in that. Yes, I want to do that. Like, like three bands I'm doing right now, and then, like, I'm helping do this, like, uh, assistant teach for this, like, sign language class, and then on top of, like, work. Do you know ASL? I, I'm just learning it. I, that's awesome. I worked at the coffee shop with a... You should do a little for the podcast. A deaf Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> Did you all get that? Yeah, that was beautiful. Oh, wait, who's... Oh. <laughs> it's a non-visual medium. Yeah. It's funny. It's a joke. Um, all right. 
So you're doing the ASL, you're working in three bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on top of, like, work and everything else, uh, just, like, not wanting to miss out on things, but understanding that for me to be healthy like I have to is definitely a hard pill to swallow for everybody, but... Yeah, that was the catalyst of just, like, that building up over a long time. I was like, I need to take some time off and sort of recenter myself. Mm. And actually, one of my main goals was to be like, I'm just going to have days planned where I don't do anything, which I never do. Mm. A, a day set aside where I'm just, like, not planning on doing anything. So everybody, everything's on the fly, and uh, I end up having, like, one-on-one conversations with people as the things that I choose to do, because that's, mm-hmm. like, recharging for me. Absolutely. Where... It's, like, the opposite of, like, hanging out with a bunch of people. It's, like, I can just hang out with them and, like, not have to, like, feel like I'm entertaining so many people. Sure. Definitely. Um, so that's cool. Is that, um, is there a fear in that? Like, a fear of what if nothing happens? Do, like, during my break? Yeah, or during oh, that, like, no. oh, I'm going to not plan. No. No. This, this is beautiful because mm. I have nobody to let down but myself. <laughs> No, I'm serious. Like, yeah. and I can't, and then I won't be let down because I'm like, ah, that's just what happened. It was beautiful. So you like, got like a good sense of forgiveness to yourself yes. if like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, well, mm. that's just sort of how it goes. Boom, maturity. <laughs> there it is. And also, I've been really getting into this uh, thing called Enneagram, hmm. which is like a personality test, essentially. Oh, Heather with... introduced me to that like a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it's different types of like nine joined. different types of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's helped me, I mean, personality t- tests can go, like, as far as, like, a lot of people hate them because they, like, sort of feel like they're confined into a box. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's it's sort of just trying to be like, hey, this is a style of person that you maybe could be. And, yeah. And with, Enneagrams kind of have that, like, here's the dualistic elements of this. These are the things that make you great. And here's mm-hmm. the things that make you difficult to be around yeah. and to live your life. And mm-hmm. these are probably painful experiences. Mm-hmm. Like it's very much like a, a self-reflective mm-hmm. kind of introspective personality test, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's that, which is sort of like paths of integration and paths of disintegration. Right. Right. Um, and then there's sort of like the different, you can be one thing and act like another thing. And that can mean that you're healthy or unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing for me is that it just helps me understand who I am and where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. and then, like, who you are, who Andy is, and, and like, where you're coming from, mm-hmm. um, which has been huge just from, like, a get-go point to sort of, like, be like, oh, this is where miscommunication is coming from here. Yeah. I feel I totally can relate to that, mm-hmm. like, idea of, like it feels empowering to know those types of things. It feels like categorizing. It doesn't mean like I'm going to, like these people are always this way, but like from a person that's like a hard empathizer, it's nice to be able to kind of give rules Mm -hmm. to that because otherwise the emotion and the experience is too like endless and boundless of the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, you're this personality type or you're this thing. So I get to say, even though they might be experiencing this or this or this, because of this knowledge that I have or category I've put someone into, I get to view it through this specific lens and that is going to focus it into mm. one thing rather than mm. trying to handle everything. Sort of gets your feet on the ground with people, which mm-hmm. is so great. Um, just in, yeah, it, like analyzing and sort of like sizing people up is the side of it that I hate because it makes it seem like you're, like you are putting people into boxes. But no, it's sort of like, this is what a lot of people that are like them have done. Yeah, it's you can make it as vague or as pointed as you want, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I think that that is also one of those like self-forgiveness things, mm-hmm. that you're someone who's good at forgiving themselves. And having a perspective like that where it might be boxing into someone, you're like, oh, I forgive myself for these things, and I, I kind of feel light about myself so I can let these things go that maybe mm-hmm. I don't feel are quite so true. I think that that definitely aids to, like, the allowing those things in and to be receptive to them. You're such a reader right now, too. Forgiving myself, Mm -hmm. telling me. Yeah. It's wonderful. Good. Well, I think you're real great. I'm a gusher. That's kind of my thing, is I like to call you. You have a sugary outside. Oh, my God. Thank you. And, like, a a sort of gooey inside. Thank you for knowing what a gusher is. That if I, like, were to pierce you, maybe it would, like... 
Yeah, and it makes your head into a watermelon when you eat oh it. Oh my god, I forgot about so that. So I played a so far show, like maybe it was a few years ago, but I played it and I was like talking about being a gusher because I was talking about the songs in between because it's like a house show. Do uh-huh. you know so far shows? No, I have no idea. Okay, please tell me. Okay, sorry. So far is like this company that puts on uh, house shows and they're kind of secret. And Sweet. You have to like. Is that sort of like what David Bazan does? Uh, yeah. Totally. I mean, maybe it's David Bazan's doing his own unique thing, and then so far is a massive organization that's in oh. like tons of different countries okay. and okay. stuff. And there's like a Seattle branch of it. And I think actually Hillary helped out with this one. I could imagine. That. Which is how I found yeah. out about it. Um, and so. Oh, I was playing the show, and it's like a house show, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know anybody there because you were on the list, and so it's not a house show full of people you know. It's a house show full of people who go to so far shows. It's a very interesting concept. Yeah. yeah, okay, so it's yeah. essentially just like a show with a house being a venue, not like a yeah. house show with like friends where yeah. you know people. And very specifically like a venue full of people that have never heard your music, which mm-hmm. is a unique experience in like mm-hmm. an acoustic setting. Sure. Um, and so... I'm talking about the songs because that's what I love doing at um, acoustic shows and I'm talking about, like, I'm a gusher and I kind of make a couple jokes about the commercials and people are looking at, just dead, looking at me like they are, like I'm speaking another language that they hate. I don't know what (laughs) languages are that you hate. We all have languages that we hate if we're not willing to admit it, but there's some of them that you're just like, I don't like the tone of your words. I'm making this up. But they were looking German or something? Why would you say German? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's harsh sounding. Sure. They're always mad. It's German. But you didn't mean like an actual language, so I feel like I made a no, mistake I, now no, by no, calling out a language. You. See, I'm going to give you some. I'm going <laughs> to give you for doing this now if you can. Yeah. So, anyways, I was saying that, and they just gave me nothing, and I was like, maybe I'm like the bottom of the generation that knows what gushers are in this commercial are. There were maybe a lot of teenagers at that show. Yeah, I mean, I was the older, I was on like the older side of that okay, crowd. but I still feel like gushers are around. Yeah. Huh. And now maybe I'm mature enough where I can't feasibly uh, spend my money on that because mm-hmm. they're, like, really damn expensive. Gushers are expensive? For, for gushers? Yeah. Dude, what's the price of a gusher these days? I don't know. Depends on how big of a pack you're buying. You go to that Costco? Was, well, yeah, of course. Come on. come on. But who's got a Costco membership? Growing Not that mature. We never had any of that stuff when no. I was growing <laughs> up. Like, Lunchables, forget it. I'd always, like, mm-hmm. be like, Mom, I'd pick the stuff up and, like, try to put it in the car. And she'd be like... No, no, like, we'll, we'll make your lunch. Yeah. What'd, your, what'd your parents do? What were your... Here we go. Yeah. Getting into the upbringing stuff. Yeah. There you go. Oh, before we leave it, uh, yeah. did you play Bears and Other Carnivores stuff at that? It was under a different name at that time, but yes. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Um, back to where we were. Yeah. What, uh, your parents, they were... Yes. Uh, my parents, very similar. We didn't buy, like, the brand name Lunchables, yeah. Gushers, Candies, things like that. We were buying, like, store brand stuff because dad was a pastor, mm-hmm. mom worked in, like, uh, managing apartments, and so, you know, pretty poor. Not, like, poor. Like, they worked, like, their asses off sure. because my dad also did, like, tons of construction as well to make sure that, <laughs> to like... actually make ends meet. Yeah, and, like... those of us that are clergy know you don't make <laughs> shit You don't money. make fucking money nope. from goddamn Jesus. <laughs> that was just my favorite sentence. I don't want to say it. But, um, yeah, like... That's actually written on, like, our paychecks. It's yeah. like, you don't... That's, like, a disclaimer before we get our paycheck. Yeah. It's like, you before don't Before make... you open this, like, I know you're expecting, like, four digits from this month. Oh. But it's gonna Not be a close. small three digits. It's gonna be on the low end of But I digits. love it. Yeah. But I love it. But I love it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. My parents, definitely on that side of things, worked their asses off, made everything happen for us that was possible. But... Yeah. But you still... You know, I was definitely, like, aware, like, yeah. people have Nike, and I have Kirkland mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. brand clothes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was more... I identify more with the the lower bracket, the poorer bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just because that's how my mom was raised, so that was sort of just the way that we did things, and there was no question about it. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, like, almost like... No, that's not how you spend your money. When when I was growing up, like, no, you don't spend your money. Mm-hmm. Like, you you save up and like make a down payment on a house or something. Like, mm. spend it where it counts. Right. Little financial financial uh, lessons from yeah my mom. You listen? Not really. Wish I'd listened. I mean, did you listen a little? I listened a little. Are you good I with guess, your money? I'm pretty good with my money. That's awesome. And I think my sister and my mom would attest to that. Nice. 
Shout out to sister and mom. Like testing to your money skills. Yeah. That's great. That's a that's it. Um, again, you're mature. I'm just telling you, you're mature. You're talking about all of these things. Uh, Keep on trying to sell you short. I'm you're mature. Well, do you still have like little Brandon in your head? Yes, that's from, what I'm saying this whole time. It's like when I think about you outside of being around you. I was a you, teenager. I know. And I think five that, years, and then, Andy. I, and then I sit next to you and I'm like, why is that in my head? I have a beard now. I know. It's really Did I have good. a beard then? No. I don't think okay. that's physically possible at that hey. age. No, you're right. For you. I don't think I could grow one. No, I could like grow one. 21 or 2 Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder about that, because I think that there's that, like, uh, when you're... Res- so, I come around to this idea, because I think that when you have restricted uh, means, whether that's by choice mm-hmm. or by necessity, um, when you aren't allowed to have the nicest of the nicest options, and you're wanting to pursue artistic things, whether it's music or uh, a visual art or whatever it is, I think that you become really resourceful. And I hear Mm. that, like, listening to some of the stuff that you're putting out, especially Mm. on, like, your solo things, I hear a lot of resourcefulness where it's it's creativity um, based out of kind of like, well, I can make this become what I want it to become even though I don't have what I wish I had. Mm. I'm still going to make this sound the way I want it Mm -hmm. to. And I, I definitely hear it on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I, the, the new song that you put out really recently, the Saint, the Ballad of Saint something. Benjamin. Benjamin. Uh, it's actually a Sufjan cover, so okay. I can't really it, it take is a, too it much. Is, right. It is a cover, but like the way that you did it yeah. is beautiful. Um, and I like to work a lot in what I have. So like that was just uh, acoustic guitar and vocals. And I like to do a lot of vocal harmonies because that's what's, like, spoken to me a lot through music is, like, if you get that, like, strong vocal... Whether it be, like, gospel music or whether it be sort of, like... Like, even stuff you can hear on, like, Kendrick Lamar. I know he's, like, sort of a lot more of, like, a popular one. But, Mm -hmm. like, even how he'll have, like, his voice and then uh, the gal's voice, like, come over and it'll be even, like, unison has been, like, huge. So, Mm -hmm. uh, in that song, I like, move through sort of passing off the bigger melody to, uh, like, the bass line mm-hmm. or the, like, the upper harmony. And it, it sort of is this morphous thing where, like, different things are accented, sort of like uh, if you were in um, choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really well done. And I think that it sounds like I can hear just kind of using what's available to you and accomplishing something beautiful. So it has kind of, like, that... Bonnie Vare feel like early uh, forever forever ago mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Mm. It reminds me of some of like my favorite my friends who were in college with me when they were um, making music and they would just put out something that I was like CD quality in the dorms and I was just like yeah I loved the stuff that I was hearing mm-hmm. there and then the one that you put out um, a few years prior that was also on the band camp mm-hmm. that's your mm-hmm. solo song I didn't rememberize your names of your songs that I one's know. called Confidant yeah. yes. Confident, also really cool. Also, like, has this back end por- portion where it's very vocal, uh, guitar for a lot of it, and then it like all these like other elements start coming into mm-hmm. the end of it. And I thought that that was just like really, really unique. Yeah, uh, that's an uh, an older song. I yeah. think I may have even written that one before I knew you. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so that's a cool time capsule thing where it's like, you know how like, and you is like a songwriter. Uh, you write a song and it's really real for you, but it's very much like a time capsule because it's, you don't really feel those things anymore, but you can, you can come back to those things. Mm -hmm. And I still love that song Yes, because it's still so real, but it's, it's not something that's like, ah, like current, like present here, but still like that happened. Mm -hmm. And, Playing it now is still great because it's like a nod to that time. Yeah. And the, I think that that's one of my favorite things about playing like older songs, songs that I wrote four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Some of them I'm playing in my band and like they're old songs to me and they've got feelings that I'm kind of like, these were really raw and they were kind of like surface level mm-hmm. cuts and now they're completely healed over. There's no scar. Mm. But I still, my story is that and it's kind of like I want the whole arc not just the end point like and mm-hmm. I want to continue telling that and I want to continue telling these ideas and how it gets to here mm-hmm. and so I love old songs yeah 
I remember when I was at your one of your old houses that you lived with Taylor mm-hmm. and I think a few other guys. Uh, we were talking about some of your older band, or, band stuff and uh, we were talking about the song like Stumble. Mm-hmm. And yeah, back in Sea Fever. Yeah. Like an old band. Oh, mm-hmm. I love those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, even when we were talking about it, at that point, which was like years ago, uh, you were like, yeah, this, I wrote this song years ago. That's weird that like we're bringing it up and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And yet it's still so real then and still so real like now, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that's a, I think I wrote that in 2008, which <laughs> like as far as like <laughs> songs go, I'm like, that's, all, that's almost a decade old. Uh-huh. But, you know, as far as like there's things in my life from that point that are still so important mm-hmm. and like still so meaningful to me right now. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I listened to that, I listened to the album that we recorded with that group for the first time, like, a, actually, like, a month ago, and I haven't listened to it in, in years, because oh I was, it was great. It was so yeah. pleasant. I kind of was like, oh, yeah, sure, of course, there's going to be things I would have done differently. There's tons oh. of changes I would have made. You're your own worst critic yeah. on that. Yeah, and, and especially yeah. on that. Like, I remember, like, putting it out and then immediately being like, well, I'm never going to listen to this again, and I didn't. And mm-hmm. literally from the moment it came out, I think I'd listened to it a couple of times. And so just now listening to it, be like, wow. It, it's listening from completely fresh ears and hearing those things as an audience member. And that's one of the things I think I love about having old songs is it you become an audience to yourself and you're going to think about those ideas and concepts mm. reflectively and be like, what it, What did I mean? Mm. Who was that person, this past self that was a different human? Mm. Cool things. Indeed. Mm-hmm. It was a well-timed clink of glasses. Pink, pink. I had no part in that. No. Uh, that was just me cheersing myself. Cheers is for the end of the show. You're putting out this music. Yes. You're doing the, uh, these oh, bands. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another band thing that I'm doing that's really cool when I get back to Salem from vacation, uh, Minto Brown is uh, the name of a park in Salem. You got to say that one again. Minto Brown. Min- Minto Brown. Minto Brown. Minto Brown. And uh, formerly we were named Bonhoeffer. Uh, oh, got it. Okay. So this is we the one just you changed. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and so we did an EP under Bonhoeffer, uh, like I think two or three years ago this December when that came out. And then immediately, bless his heart, Ben is the, he writes all the lyrics mm-hmm. and uh, sings and plays acoustic guitar. Phenomenal writer. Like, I'm jealous and I love this guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so glad that I get to sort of come alongside it. And I've always been in bands the person to be the writer of the lyrics and the singer. And I feel like a lot of the, like, I'm pushing for the band to, to move forward in some ways because mm. I'm laying down the skeletons, if Definitely. you will. It's kind of like, I'm the fuel for this. If I'm not refilling it... I'm not it, doing it... Like, no, it's not going anywhere. They're not going to write a bass line and then have me write lyrics over it. No. When does that happen? Some bands do that. Some, some but, bands, I guess. Like, but, those are... I think those are few or far between. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, you're, you're very talented in a different way if you can do that, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like the, the normal way that people write is that way. And... Uh, it's really cool because I just get to come in and do, I play electric guitar and uh, do background vocals, and I just get to do some of the, like, color note, the, like, flavor things to sort of help the sound become fuller, and mm. uh, it's nice because I can help it and not feel like I have to perpetuate it, if you know what I mean by yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, so I've always been a kind of the front man of a band as well, and mm-hmm. I've always loved helping out similarly in churches definitely play music and that actively do that sometimes now um and like that is probably my favorite thing is just to be like i'm not the one in charge of this i get to just support someone else and it feels so freeing Mm -hmm. to just kind of be like i don't have to worry about the anxiety of other people i don't have to be the one responsible with making sure that there's enough content i just get to take something that's already there and be like what how do i make this somehow more of itself yes yeah how do i further this a little Uh, bit and and it's so freeing because it it, i feel like the weight is sort of taken off your shoulders to produce that content and you get Mm -hmm. to just it opens you up to be like so all that stuff all the like Road work has been done. How do I sort of like 
dress it up and, mm-hmm. and help it. Um, yeah. Uh, all that to say, we are working on a 14-song record now, uh, and I'll be going into the studio uh, when I get back from vacation, which is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, but we, it was funny, because after the EP dropped, we like initially wrote all of these songs, and then like Ben went to school, mm-hmm. and... Uh, our drummer moved to Portland and like, you know, just sort of band things happen. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I could totally relate to that. Mm-hmm. We, uh, this, we're going to be, we're, we're working on releasing something right now. Hopefully November, we'll see what actually happens. Um, but we're finishing up an EP, um, that we demoed two years ago. And then immediately afterwards, um, Heather was dealing with a bunch of health stuff. Aaron had a kid. Yeah. And so oh, like, that's both of those things just like, like, we were still practicing on the regular, like, amidst all that stuff. We were just like, well, we can't, like, we really can't do much more than this. Like, let's just maintain. It's not grow. It's yes. just keep it where it's at. And that's not wrong. Like, I no. feel like people are so hell-bent on, like, you need to, like, keep momentum. Like, any, like, sort of philanthropic side of music, people are like, if you're not putting that single down, like, nothing's happening. Well, like, you yeah. have to keep going. And that's the hard capitalistic concept of any art form mm-hmm. is people believing if you're not producing something, if you're not able to give something out there, um, if you're in like the growing phase, if you're in the tending phase, then there's no real value to it. You have to constantly be in harvest. Yes. And that's just not a real thing. Well, like it's this idea that like if you're going to be a successful musician, you should be riding on the road while you're touring, <sighs> go in the studio, and then drop an album with like a couple months in between to, to no. record it. And it's just like... Fuck that. that fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't like that idea of living a life. Uh, that's tough. Um... No, that's that's so much to put on a musician to to be able to do that, and I don't know. I feel like that is capping sort of the like beautiful creative outlet that it can be, or like what you can yield as a musician if mm-hmm. you're trying to just work yourself too hard. Yeah, and also maybe you. I, I'm I'm coming into this spot or coming into. I've been in the spot for a long time where I'm just like. I don't want that life. Mm. And I, I, I know well, that, and I'm really happy about and that. And it goes back to the, like, idea of, like, what do you even want? Like, what is a realistic goal for your band? Are you trying to, like, sell out? Yeah. And make, like, a ton of money? Or mm-hmm. are you trying to have fun playing music with you? Like, okay, so this metal band that I'm in. Yeah. Which is uh, called... I'm so excited to hear this. School. I'm so mad that there's nothing I can listen uh, to. Yeah, I mean, I if my phone weren't broken, I could play you, like, some... And I'm not going to do it on this, but uh, <laughs> I could play you some things. But uh, super fun. Uh, but our goal, mm-hmm. play one show in Salem at The Space, which is Salem's new like cool venue, mm-hmm. and record the like six songs that we're going to write. And that may be it, and that's beautiful. Yeah. I'm stoked for it to be even just that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I think that's... Perfect. I think that that's the most true artistic way to approach any activity like that. To say, like, it's not about how it's going to further me. It's about giving to this project because it's true and it's real and it's fun. And then saying, and then it will be done. Mm -hmm. And that was a process. And the process is the true art. Mm -hmm. Yes. One of my favorite um, musicians uh, doing stuff in Seattle. And actually, I think he's actually in New York right now. But... Um, is that doesn't matter? That doesn't matter. Does any of that matter? No. Uh, is uh, Benjamin Verdos, and he hmm. had I don't know if you ever I, heard of Mount no. St. Helens Vietnam Band. No. All right. So they're this older band, but basically the concept was that. Oh he, yeah, because I'm young to you. God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, he had a <laughs> so brother. Sorry. There was a bunch of stuff. So basically, he was like to I maybe I'm sharing too much of his story, but he his brother was kind of like in a state of, I don't know what I can do uh, to show my own value. And he very much was like, let me show, like, we can do whatever we want to. Let's start a band. We can start a band. And he was like, what would it be, what would success look like for you? And he's like, I don't know, play Numos. He's like, we're going to, and we're going to play Numos. We're going to release a record that we wrote and we're going to do that. And so they 
got a band together. He named it Mount St. Helens Vietnam Band. They mm-hmm. they recorded the stuff. They practiced it. He got really the kid got really good at the drums. They played Numos, and that was it. Oh, see, that's great. I mean, they played. They did some other like little things here and there, but like that was the point of the show well, was to be like prove to your brother how capable he is. Like setting realistic goals for yourself mm-hmm. that you can accomplish. Yeah, that are not. So low that it's like low hanging fruit, but it's mm-hmm. like I feel good. I, I feel mean, good about doing this. Take the low hanging fruit. If it's the first oh, well, time you're ever grabbing fruit, well. grab the quick one. You know. I mean, <laughs> learn to challenge yourself. Yes. But I think like I mean, don't only grab the low fruit. Don't is only what I'm grab saying. the low fruit. This is you know, grab the shaft sometimes. You know, reach up a little bit further. <laughs> um, and I, I think I see that so much in musicians. Is uh, it's just like. It's okay to, to set a realistic goal for yourself, and, and it doesn't, success doesn't always mean signing a record mm-hmm. deal. In fact, most of the time it doesn't, mm-hmm. Does, and that doesn't mean that these people are unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. I have never, like, realistically thought that was going to be a thing for me. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's why Branch's Company, my, like, singer-songwriter uh, thing that is just me playing everything, has been so good for me, because I started that back in high school as, like, this thing that I can always do as a back burner that I can have sort of, like, a rotating cast of other people that come in and help me do stuff. But mainly, uh, I'm always in the band, and I'm always, like, going to be able to have this outlet to create Mm -hmm. when, like, in the intermittent when, like, Minto Brown's not writing. Like, you know what I mean? And also, it's something that's not reliant on someone else. It's something that you can be like, I am self-sufficient. I'm enough Mm -hmm. to do this. Mm -hmm. And this is beautiful. Yeah. And if I have a drummer and a bassist and like an electric guitarist. Wonderful. And me when I play, that's great. Mm-hmm. If uh, it's just me on acoustic, then it's sort of its own beautiful challenge to be like, how do I fill it out and make it like a good listening experience and feel like I'm actually like giving something with just that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, sort of that interplay. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so healthy. Mature. You gotta Stop keep coming it. back to it. Stop. Mature. I think it's great. I think it, um, you know, you don't do that because you know how to do that mm-hmm. in art. You do that because you know how to do that in your life. Or maybe you're working on doing that in your oh, life. Andy. Uh, and, get out of here. Andy, Stop. don't. Put your hands away. Andy. Uh, set my pants back up. I'm crying. Get out of here. So, I mean, but that's, I think that's a real thing. And that's what other people can can gain from these experiences and gain from... Uh, being around people like that and from seeking it in themselves is uh, just learning to be able to be proud of your themselves and to for you, learning to be able to be proud of yourself in your day-to-day mm-hmm. experiences, in your day-to-day progress, saying, like, am I living into my truest self? Mm. Am I being honest with how I want to be? And then it doesn't matter if you're accomplishing great things. You can just be happy on a Tuesday at 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I'm me right now. Yeah. How great. Also, I was just thinking about how, like, if you just start crying, if there's anything, like, you're unzipping your pants, someone were to catch you, uh, one person's crying, then it's like, that totally changes the scene. I don't know what you're saying! You were just talking about how, yeah, I was unzipping your pants. Right, because you were saying all these nice things. Um, yeah. It just, oh. And then if I were to start crying, you caught up now? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't get the joke. So when Heather initially would walk in... Eventually, I mean. Mm-hmm. Eventually would walk in. She's Heather's going to come here after the podcast. We coordinate. Okay. Yeah. There's not going to be any weird walk-in? Mm-mm. Good. Well, we don't... We No. She, <laughs> she and I have to... I mean, you know, that's one of those sweet giving things is I put on, like, we have a Google calendar, and I put on all of the bad at parties stuff Do on not it. come home now. No, and she, like, is like, hey, so you got a thing coming up. I'm going to be at work until this okay, point. Okay, that's but, mature. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's the best. Scheduling things? Scheduling life. I don't know how to do that. We got a dog. We got a cat. We got to take care of him. Your, we, your kids? Tomorrow it's my job to wake up early and run with the dog so she's not doesn't oh, destroy man. the house. You got to run with your dog. Got to run with It'll, your dog. Joan will destroy this place. Yeah. Um, crazy thing she did earlier this week is we, we've been often leaving her out in the house when we're gone, uh, when we're both at work, and she does pretty well. Huh. Yeah. But um, recently, uh, 
a few months ago, we were at a party and uh, Which we, you're got, bad at. we got the we bat at it, uh-huh. uh, and we got these purple vials that had pre-rolled um, marijuana cigarettes in them. They were marijuana. What are those kids calling those? Uh, now? Jazz cigarettes. I the believe. jazz. Cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. So we got a jazz. Cigarette. The devil's lettuce, as we call mm. it in my language. Yeah. You rolled yourself a sinner's salad. Mm-hmm. I didn't roll it. It was pre-rolled uh, and pre-packaged. Uh, it even had, because we're in Washington State, it had all of the nutritional information on the outside of it. Because it was bought uh, at a store. You know that it's legal in Oregon, too. Yeah. Okay. I mean... You just made it sound like it was so... Right. But we're in Washington. like Currently. So, yeah. Okay, you can relate. <laughs> there. Are you happy? <laughs> so, uh, Joan, left here by herself, comes out... Um, a, she rips. I don't know which happened oh, first. No. She uh, she spreads powdered sugar over all over the floor because she knocks it down. I think it was an accident, and then she tracked it everywhere <laughs> with her paws. And either that happened first, or first she ate half of the weed cigarette, uh, <gasps> the joint, if you will. And will. Um, she was so chill for the rest of the night. Oh no! Sometimes she wanted to play, and she was like wiggly and like. <laughs> dilated in her pupils. Um, so then we threw the rest of it away and we're like, okay, well, like, we were never going to smoke it because we're not, like, huge weed people. Mm-hmm. Like, ever, I just, not, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I, like, get me drunk. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Weed, yeah. Take it or leave it. I mean, maybe our kids will feel a little bit different because there won't be, like, the social mm-hmm. stigma against it. Yeah. It'll be like drinking, I think. Yes. Uh, when we 100%. get there. But, uh, Drinking is, like, culturally and socially, like, so accepted yeah. across the world. So, like, that's that's what feels, like, okay for us. Mm-hmm. My Maybe. my grandpa. My grandpa was, like, uh, this great guy, huge impact in my life. Uh, the band Sea Fever we talked about actually wrote, uh, the name of that comes from him. It was, like, the name <gasps> of a boat that he had. And he, oh. like, took us out sailing. Like, the only reason. I thought it was, it was a poem. It is also a poem. Oh. And that's where he got the name. So he borrowed it, and then I borrowed it from him. Everything's borrowed. Um, Nothing is new under the sun. Ooh, a little scripture for the podcast. I don't know what that voice was. Get that out of here. Um, But he um, was, like, completely against alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like, vehemently against alcohol. Was never around our house. Later, he passed away. My Mm -hmm. dad was a pastor in the Free Methodist Church. Eventually, they were like, okay, pastors can drink now. And, like... I remember hitting this point, like, coming home at, in college and being like, there's alcohol in my house. I've, like, this I got to, yeah, I got to 18, or, like, or I got to maybe junior, senior in, in high school without ever really being, like, except for, like, a couple times around alcohol at all. And then be, like, to, like, come home a couple years later and be like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's, like, beers in the fridge. There's some wine on the table. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very different. This is different as well. It's a big change. Uh, I think, yeah, there are a lot of people in that boat too, but um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's something that's going to change about like weed. Yeah. Wow, we're talking about weed right now. Yeah, we talk about weed sometimes on the show. I was talking about shrooms the other day with some friends. I've never done shrooms. No, no, yeah. me neither. Yeah, no. it sounds really I'm fun. I'm really not that adventurous when it comes to mm-hmm. that, like drug doing. No, I'm like, I am to drugs as like... <laughs> People I grew up with are to, um, like, 7-Eleven food. Like, that's what they eat. You know, they're eating, like, 7-Eleven food and McDonald's. And I'm, as drugs, as far as drugs go, I'm, like, maybe having some weed and mostly just drinking. It's just, like, no yeah. adventure. 7-Eleven mm-hmm. is maybe a bad example. But, was, you know. Was a good, yeah, you made a choice. If you, look, if you grew up in the small town I did, you would be like, yeah, definitely. 7-Eleven. That's what they're doing. Okay. Yep. There were like just Seven Elevens with just swarms of teenagers that were... eating pizza, eating the eating the little uh, hot dogs that they have uh-huh. there. Like that was the regular, like that's lunch. There would just be swarms of high schoolers at, around noon, yes. in between classes. Yes. Isn't everyone experiencing this? Uh huh. Yep. No, no, uh, not just everyone. me. Okay, that's great. Just where you. If grew you're up. gonna be on an island, no, you're on an island. Yes. No, you're alone. That I mean, that's important to to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the god. The the god. Uh, Grandpa upstairs. Yeah. Yes. Because, so you're working yes. um, at the church. You're actively, and you're not just like playing music. You're employed. You're gainfully employed. I'm gainfully employed. At a, Monetarily employed. Uh, what, what kind of a church? It's a covenant church. Oh. It's called Bridge that's, Covenant. That's where we're at. We're at a covenant church as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Over here in Seattle, Emmanuel Bible Church. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. It's, it is a covenant church. Yes. It doesn't have the word covenant in its name. Um, but yeah, Heather and I go there sometimes very irregularly, okay. but we're there sometimes. It's good. Mm-hmm. I feel like doctrinally covenant is sort of like nice middle of the road where it's inviting and uh, there aren't... Oh, no, I'm going to sound like I'm trashing on some things. No, I'm that's not, good. You're allowed to trash on some um, things. No, no, and I, and I think uh, whatever flavor... I sort of like to talk about different doctrines as being like uh, different flavor, ice cream flavors yeah. of the lactose-based Jesus that we all want to... want to. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, I, it's all ice cream, but they, we all just like different flavors. Yeah, it's fine. It's... What? Some people like gelato. I like mint chocolate chip. Yeah. You like uh, cookie crumble crunch, yeah. whatever. Yeah. We're all eating ice cream. Yeah. Some people have it in, with uh, bread on either side. It's an ice cream sandwich. It's a little <laughs> it's a little bit of Islam. That's fine. You eat that Islam sandwich. You go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little Middle Eastern like yeah. Maltese sandwich. That's great. It's hotter over there. Great. So um, you're a universalist is what you're saying. <laughs> and you're putting that out onto the podcast. Not really. Okay, that's fine. Not even... No. Um... <laughs> Just gonna put words in your mouth. No, please don't. About do really tame things. No, but it's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Bridge Covenant is what it's called, and yeah. it's bridge because uh, we are trying to bridge from different cultures. There's a good percentage of uh, brown folks that live in Salem mm-hmm. and uh, that are either be it Mexican mm-hmm. or some kind of Latin, like mm-hmm. Puerto Rico or like mm-hmm. wherever. Mm-hmm. Spanish speaking mainly, yep. so uh, we do like a lot of our service in both English and Spanish, and I lead a couple songs in Spanish. Cool, uh, with the team uh, for music, and and yeah, it's it's pretty cool because it's it's not a huge church, but uh, that sort of is one of the big things that we do, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's it's really cool to be able to have that be a focus because I feel like that's not really looked at as a big thing in a lot of churches and that's that's important too uh it has its place and it's sort of taking a step back into like a broader scope of um what churches sort of like maybe compartmentalize a little bit more of like okay well if you speak Spanish like you'll be in this bible study and then that's all we do for you like yeah someone call that segregation oh yeah they would be me (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's cool. That's really tight. I love that you're doing that. Do you, are, are you having that represented on the stage as well as in the congregation? Do you feel like both the people who are leading? Honestly, I depend a lot on the Spanish speaking people to help me sing songs in Spanish that I unabashedly will like admit I'm not a Spanish speaker. Right. Like I know a sign language more than I know. You're super white. Yes. Yeah. And like barely. Oh yeah. And I, and I, want to be very forward about how, like, the last music leader was Mexican. Mm-hmm. He uh, learned Spanish first before he learned English. Yeah. And uh, so everything in English that he's doing is almost, like, like uh, t- to be nice to the people in America that come. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, yeah, I'm very straightforward, like, nope, I'm white. Yeah. I want to learn. I'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. Which is what you need to do, especially with, like, I don't know, talking about, like, white privilege and things. Oh, man, we're hitting some really big... It's fun. Um, We're a real good time right now. I mean, being as privileged and as white as I am, some of the things I'm learning is, like, know how privileged I am and where I came from. Yeah. And shut up and listen to people that Mm. need to be speaking right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, and that's one of the the biggest things when from my perspective of, of looking at that white privilege idea is... You've been used to having a loud voice. You've been used to being uh, listened to. So, so be quiet and, and give someone else the opportunity. You, it's kind of like you've been spent so much of your life looking at a pie graph and you're the biggest part of a pie mm-hmm. graph. And you have to say, like, there's only 100% here. There can't be a bigger pie. It's going to mm-hmm. be the exact mm-hmm. same percent no matter what. So I have to take up an equal amount to everyone else. So depending on how mm. many other people there are with voices, I have to share that equally. And the mm. more people I involve myself with and the more diversity I involve myself with, mm. that shrinks. Mm. And I have to recognize that and I have to be aware of where I'm coming from. And what probably is actually 30% might feel like 10 to me mm-hmm. because I'm so because the reduction is so much. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, or being like, I'm used to having this much. And it's like, well, like, maybe you shouldn't have that much. Mm-hmm. And maybe we should give a little bit more to them. And then sort of being like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I, I do need to have less. Like, stop thinking like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real. Um, yeah. Yep. Step one is where you uh, learn where you're coming from. Yeah, look, learn where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love that. Um, I love that you're doing that in a church setting. Do you feel like um, you're... Uh, do you feel like you're connecting from less of maybe that social standpoint? Like, how are you feeling about, like, the way that people are talking about God and stuff and, like, the ideas that are happening in there? Do you feel like you're resonating? Do you feel like you're disagreeing with things that are being said? Oh, uh, like, theological, from yeah. a theological standpoint? Yeah. Calling me out. Hope my pastors I'll, I'll aren't sh- listening to this. Okay, I'll start. I'll start <laughs> because I'm very much at, like, this church that... Um, when Heather was going through, like, health stuff, uh-huh. we got to live in... They have an apartment in the building. They let us live there for, like, a year for free, which is a big reason Sweet. why we were helping out there. Mm-hmm. They also have a men's shelter that's in the basement, and so they're doing these things that are really beautiful and true to me. Um, but I'm very much coming from this place where I'm, like, a very much, like, I don't know what I, I think. I've, I've thought a lot of different things. Christianity is my first language. Mm. And so that is the most comfortable tongue for me to talk into. But that doesn't mean that other languages of, of speaking about spirituality are wrong. And I very much want to, you know, looking at white privilege, let's talk about like Christian privilege, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, saying like, great, well, I have to be aware of that. I have to educate myself and I need to... Uh, gain more that I'm giving. So um, to be in a setting like that and to be helping out with music because it's something I've done a lot in the past and then like recently um, was on stage and like was uh, exclusively, you know, trying really hard to sing songs that don't like say words that I don't agree with. Maybe that being like... uh, Things like saying, like, you know, those the kind of typical words like Jesus is the only way, kind mm-hmm. of that sentiment, mm-hmm. and being like, I'm not going to represent that artistically uh, when I don't believe it really at all. I think that there's a lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. I'm comfortable saying, like, I think that there's no way of knowing what's going to happen when you die. And uh, to put that into music with such certainty and with yes. drums behind it is crazy town. Yes. And so I'm just like... I, I'm doing it less and less, but I'm trying to still be like, but that's a part of my background and it's beautiful. It's my history. And I'm trying to learn how to balance those mm-hmm. things. I guess I kind of turned it back to music and avoided the theology a little no, bit. But I think that is a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, so many times when I've been, and again, we talked about how we like love just supporting people. So yeah. uh, musically I'm talking about, but uh, so you're on stage and you're like playing bass for a weekend or whatever. And then, the pastor comes up and says some things and you're supposed to play some worship songs after. So you're standing on stage and people are like looking at you like a leader and like you subtly have to like agree with whatever they're saying. Mm. And then they start saying some things mm-hmm. and you're like, eh, I, I'm not sure. But like people are like looking at him and then looking at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're looking at her. I'm very much like I can't even like stick in the room. So I'm yeah. lucky that I've, I've, I'm friends with... Uh, our pastor and have known him for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like we had him over for dinner recently and like feel very much like I'm like, I think you're a lot of things in the same space as me. Um, you disagree with about certain stuff, but you're really comfortable with the disagreement and you're not mm-hmm. an oppressive, you don't have oppressive beliefs. You don't yeah. have beliefs that attack others. And so I'm like, great. You don't have, you're not saying anything that's uh, attacking anyone else. Yeah. And making me embarrassed, so I'm gonna keep showing up. Which which is huge, just uh, huge. I think for both of us, yeah. Um, pacifism, is pacifism. a big part. Yeah, pacifism. Love it. Yeah, and so like saying like pacifism isn't just about violence, but it's about opinions and thoughts. And mm-hmm. if your thoughts and opinions attack others, mm-hmm. that's anti-pacifistic. Yeah, that's violent. Um, and even just the like action. So like I grew up Mennonite. Mm-hmm. Um, so pacifism is like huge. Like. Some of the, uh, I don't know if I want to say the first, like, conscientious objectors, but, like, a faction of them were, like, the Anabaptist clique yes. of the, that were Mennonite. Um, but, yeah, just in, and I went to a Mennonite high mm-hmm. school, um, and I love my Mennonite uh, 
Bible teacher, but he was just emphasizing. And, and so we had a class, small school of like 20 people of us. And there were people like me that were like Mennonite through and through growing up just because mm-hmm. like that's, that's how we came up. Like I started going when I was nine. And then uh, some of my other good friends that are maybe more of like a Baptist clique of Christianity that were uh, their whole family went into the Marines. Yeah. And, and they were so Semper Fi. And, and so, so like, come, <laughs> not just Semper Fi, so Semper Fi. So Semper Fi. <laughs> and, and just, like, it, if they see anybody that causes a threat, just pull out my gun and shoot them is the, like, natural response. And, and uh, he was explaining that, like, real pacifism is not just, like, avoiding uh, violence or, like, mm-hmm. avoiding no. these... these uh, points of like contention or yeah. conflict but actually standing in between them mm-hmm. to cause it to stop which is like so martyr and so foreign and weird um right uh all that to say yeah i i think at the church yeah there haven't been very many things that have been like making me feel weird standing on stage because that was the thing where i was like I feel like I'm uh, sort of standing behind the person that's like maybe doing this violent thing instead right. of standing in between them and the people that mm. are being shot at. Mm. Yeah. Um, Both figuratively and and like in a sense, literally. Like, yeah. yeah. So like one of the scenarios in this Bible class was uh, like, uh, say you're working at a camp um, and uh, you're a counselor and somebody comes up with a gun and they uh, are like going to do something terrible and you have means to stop them violently. Mm. Like, what do you do? This is like a, a like a philosophical, a philosophical, it's whoa, a, a philosoph- mm, philosophical perspective that your Bible teacher is presenting. Like, what yes. do you do in this setting as a pacifist? And yes, yes. and he's he's a Mennonite guy. Yeah, um, sure. Oh, I love him to pieces. Um, and he prefaced this whole story of like, if you don't do something something violent and terrible is going to happen. So you have to do, and like you have a gun or whatever, and, and you can stop them, but it's going to take lethal force for you to mm-hmm. de-enable this person, um, to like neutralize the situation. And he was saying, yeah, I would, I would do what was necessary. Even mm-hmm. being a pacifist to like stop that. And it's just sort of like coming from that, like that's, he phrased that, would you call it philosophical, uh, like a philosophical metaphor or something yeah, like that, or a scenario to, to have like no r- yeah. real easy answer? No, sure, but yeah, it's kind of the do you pull the I forget what that you know where there's the train that's coming out or the trolley that's coming it's down the line same. and you have yeah. Anyways, I can't think of the word for that. My my philosopher friend Matt's gonna be mad at me, but yeah, it's it's that it's you have to do an evil, mm-hmm. an evil must be done. Um, is the lesser evil not evil because it's mm-hmm. lesser? And we're faced with real opportunities like that where um, conversational mm-hmm. pacifism comes into play. It's uh, people are saying aggressive things. Real situation in the church a lot of times, people are saying aggressive things against homosexuals. Mm-hmm. People are saying things against, in this, especially in this day and age, uh, Muslims. People mm-hmm. are saying things against Black Lives Matter. All sure. these things. And to say, like, I'm going to stand behind um, this concept, or I'm going to stand behind this uh, greater power of like a church. Maybe I don't agree with it, but I don't want to cause a stir. Mm. And uh, I'm going to just be is is the opposite. It's so Which is worse. It's so much worse. And so I I like. I'm the type of guy who's like looking for any moment to be like, where do I get sheeple? Yeah, where do I get to stand up? Where do I get to be the person that stands up in the middle of this moment and says, like, fuck that idea and walk out like double birds in the air, just straight out the door. Um, And so, yeah, I think like pleasantly, one way to thing that I've done is I'm I'm putting myself in a in a scenario where I'm in a church where the person in the front isn't saying things I disagree with, but people in the crowd are. And so Mm. those conversations can happen. I think that that's a pleasant place for me to be able to seek, Mm. um, like peace and joy and like Mm. be able to be around that. But then also say like, 
okay, there are, there's still going to be some level of conflict. Mm -hmm. There's going to, like, I'm going to play a worship service. It's just going to be me and one of my friends who's gay. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're both going to, like, this last time we did that, and we're both going to, at the end of a sermon, uh, which talked about some really heavy concepts, say, like, we both go to therapy. Uh, There's lots of good therapy services in the area. Here's a website that you can... uh, go to if you're seeking personal counseling. Okay, we're going to play the next song now. And to, like, enter into that to say, like, I know that you're wrestling with these ideas and, like, the a lot of people are thinking, like, just seek God, just pray it away. And they'd be like, <laughs> I'm also standing behind the voice that says, seek professional help. Oh, my God. And, like, and so these are, these are super specific ideas that I'm throwing well, out there. But I think... Everybody should go to therapy or mm-hmm. some kind of counseling. Sure. It's so helpful. So great. And I think the like normal mentality is people think that if you do that, you're fucked up. Right. You're fucked up mentally. Great. Some trauma happened Again, to you. Again, acknowledge where you're actually at. You probably are fucked up and yeah. there oh, probably uh, is some okay. trauma. I think <laughs> every oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody's parents fucks them up a little bit yeah. or like yeah, maybe you didn't But it's that all idea a of like thing. it's going to out you. Yeah. Yeah, if you do this. But here's what it is. It's a person recognizing something mm-hmm. unhealthy or that they don't want in their life, and they're taking a professional step to, like, make themselves better, to, to work on it, mm-hmm. to be better. And that's admirable in itself, like, just as a step one, regardless of how far you get. Mm-hmm. You could be just going to sort of keep your, your head above water, or you could have had something terrible happen to you that you want to work through, yeah. that you're uncorking after 10 years. Um I think it's great. Yeah. Um, you said something else that I wanted to talk about. I, I want to talk for like three hours. Back then. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> um, I talked about homosexuality. I talked about uh, therapy. I talked about leaving the church, flipping everyone off. No. You've got something specific, though, that Gosh. applies to you. No. I went on I, a tangent. I think it's it might be gone. Maybe it'll come back. If, if it does, I will bring it back up. But. Yeah. Dude, we've been talking for an hour, though. We're getting cold. We're almost Are we? Okay. We really are. You end. let me know. Yeah. It's, uh, we're there. Okay. I can't, I can't stop, though. I, I, I'm just so interested in these things that you're talking about. Um, this is great. That didn't even feel like an hour. No, you you're serious? so great to talk to. This is so great. Oh. I, I definitely hear the stuff that you're, you're talking about and that you're thinking about, mm-hmm. um, whether directly in your lyrics <gasps> or in feeling you thought of it. I remembered what it is. Here it, it is. is. I'm going to um, stop at my thought right okay. now. Okay. You can pick that back up Great. if you well, I will. I'm going to compliment um, you some more. You were just talking about how, like, people speak from the pulpit about things uh, that are really compatible, and that at your church you weren't experiencing that, and then how uh, there are people, I mean, in any congregation. Sure. There's going to be differences of yeah, opinions. And uh, I think it's so much, I like how you just drank with your pinky up. Yeah. You're so posh. Thanks. Um, bish. <laughs> yeah, bish. Um... I think it's so much better to call people out in a loving way when you know them as opposed to... Like, if you have a personal relationship with somebody, that's going to go so much further. And just you were talking about how, like, people from the pulpit or or any, like, sort of, like, public speaker will be Mm. like, like... The gays are wrong, mm-hmm. or whatever they're saying. Right. And, and, and it's like, <laughs> the gays are out there. That's the problem with them. Let them have sex but, with each other, but, but they're, they're wrong. wrong. Yeah. Uh, when they say stuff, they're just wrong. Okay, so anyways, they're, so there's these I mean, people at the pulpit. Like, that's a terrible example, because then it, it makes me sound like I'm saying gays are wrong, which I'm right. not. You're but, not, um, obviously. Um, I don't think anyone's thinking that. But, yeah, it's just so difficult for that to be... The, the, like, medium, the avenue for which, like, there's, like, correction or, like, this sort of strife, this mm-hmm. conflict that's happening that we're talking about with pacifism. And uh, it just always works out so much better if you're, if you have a group of people and you're like, hey, this thing happened. Like, let's talk. Can, can I, like, tell you, can we talk about it? Can, mm-hmm. can I tell you where I'm thinking about this, too? Because then it's, like, Andy's talking to, like, Brandon's mm-hmm. talking to them. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, pastor... James and, Dickhole. And, and we don't know James I, I don't, Dickhole. <laughs> James Dickhole doesn't even know no. what I do for a living. You know no. what I mean? No, he doesn't know what I think. He's never had a real conversation with me. He's only told me what to do differently. Which is 
I mean, that's why people hate the church. People hate the church because mm-hmm. nobody loved them. Because no, they were it. It represents white male America mm-hmm. and just like people that tried to profit from you, that tried to tell you what you're doing wrong, and then mm-hmm. didn't take the time to invest in you in return. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think wow. like like the modern feminine movement is like the the beauty of like the church right now. And mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna see a beautiful church, it's gonna be filled with multiple religions and ideas and perspectives and it's going to be one that cares about individuals that looks really mixed, really mm-hmm. confused, and talks about that confusion oh, together. And you need to be open with that. Anyone yeah. who says that they've got it figured out is bullshitting you. Yeah. I mean I've got it figured out. I mean <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> you do, but I don't got to fucking figure it out. Dude, I, I think that you're creating good stuff. I think that you're thinking good thoughts, and I was so excited to get a chance to talk to you. So thanks for thanks. just being like, dude, I'm coming over to your house when I'm in town. That so is how figure out what day it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. thanks for having me. I'm really dude, glad to be I'm here. I'm just going to keep hanging out with you. Andy. Thanks for being on the podcast, though. Absolutely. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers.